So next week is the International Builder Show uh, combined with KBiz. And we will be there as we get in Monday night. We'll be there throughout the week. And we have some exciting news on Thursday from 11 a.m. to noon uh, Vegas time. We're going to be at booth SU1448. So that's in the uh, South Hall upper level. We invite all of you to attend with us as we have Joseph uh, Stebrick. He's going to be there. And he's a legend in the building industry, uh, forensic engineer, building investigator, building science consultant, author, speaker, and widely known expert on the building uh, moisture control, indoor air quality, and retrofit of existing and historic buildings. So he's going to be speaking to us. Come join us. Also, just across the way is Delos. Delos is going to have a booth in the uh, South Hall upper level as well, uh, number 850. So stop by there. We have Paul Shala. He is on our podcast today and gives some great insight to the technology that they're doing. Well, welcome to the HD Construction Podcast. Uh, today, we are very fortunate to host Paul Shallow, who's founder and CEO of Delos. Uh, so welcome, Paul. Uh, great to be with you. How are you? Very good. So Paul is visiting us today uh, via Skype. And the reason we want to bring Paul on is he is, as we mentioned, President Founder Delos, and this is a technology that we need everybody to understand. So to kick this off, Paul, what is Delos? Well, uh, Delos is a wellness real estate uh, and technology company uh, that has merged the health sciences with the building sciences uh, and introduced uh, a suite of uh, wellness real estate offerings in the home, offices, schools, hotels, basically anything that people spend their time indoors in. So, so walk us through that. When you say wellness and building science, you know, what does that really entail for someone that isn't educated about Delos or someone, you know, that's looking at putting this in their home or office? Yeah. Well, in layman's terms, we are all, as people, spending over 90% of our lives inside, whether that's our homes, our offices, our schools, uh, and everything indoors has an impact on our health outcomes. The air we're breathing the thermal, the acoustics, the lighting that we're exposed to, the water that we're drinking, all of these components uh, impact uh, the way we breathe, the way we sleep, our energy levels, our circadian rhythm, uh, really looking at uh, uh, health domains across cardiovascular, respiratory, cognitive, immune, and sleep health outcomes, all very influenced by what surrounds us inside. So, so you brought up some really interesting points because you start talking about, you know, air, thermal, thermal, acoustics, water, you know, sleep, and just all these things that impact us that we probably don't realize, you know, as humans with technology and things we've added, whether they be VOCs, right? Um, yeah. They can come from paint. They could come from furniture that we're buying, the off-gassing, and then we're building these tighter homes. So, you know, how – what has your research shown, you know, how – understanding you as an individual, how this can impact you by understanding the elements around you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make this very uh, simplified uh, and really go back to most of human history was spent entirely outside. Uh, you know, Tens of thousands of years, we used to wake up with the sunrise. We'd be active and energized and productive throughout the day under a very bright sky as that type of light would hit our circadian optic nerve and boost hormones for energy, productivity, mental acuity, movement. We used to sleep in complete darkness. Uh, we breathed pure air. We drank pristine water. We digested our food under a different type of light. All of this, basically the natural outdoor condition, informed our body on when to be energized, when to be at rest, 
And then obviously the elements of purity across water and air uh, were essential. Uh, today, spending most of our time inside, indoor air quality, for instance, is two to five times worse than outdoor air quality. Uh, regardless of pollution levels, we are not hiding from pollution by going inside. To your point, our furniture is off-gassing VOCs. The air is trapped inside. It doesn't circulate like it does outside. Uh, we've got all these particulates that we're bringing in the home off our shoes. Uh, we cook in our kitchen with, uh, with, with elements that are, that are spewing into the air. We're spraying hairspray in our bathroom. So all of these things are trapped in the air. And so indoor air quality is generally not good. Uh, so we need to pay attention to how to purify that, how to read it, um, and, uh, and make it pure. Uh, same thing with water. When you consider water, regardless of how pure it is at the source, it's running through all types of infrastructure and pipes before it gets to our home, picking up all types of compounds in the process. So, you know, we can say that our municipal quality water is great, but you really don't know what's coming out of your tap. So water filtration is essential. When you consider lighting, particularly artificial lighting, that has completely disrupted our 24-hour sleep-wake cycle. We are getting exposure to whitish, bluish, bright type of light at 11 o'clock at night, artificially, which is tricking our body into thinking it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Our biological complex only understands what time it is based on the type of light or darkness that's entering our eyes. So clearly, if you're trying to prepare for sleep or go to sleep at 11 o'clock and light right five minutes before that has told your body it's afternoon, <laughs> you're not creating the amount of hormones you need, the melatonin complex you need to get deep sleep. So artificial light is, is awful. Uh, and again, we need to pay attention to that and understand how to better bring the natural elements of the rising midday and setting sun into our homes through artificial lighting or what we call circadian appropriate lighting. So, so talk about that, you know, for anyone listening, I mean, you've talked about circadian optic nerve, circadian lighting, you know, explain a little, little bit about what that is. The body has a natural 24 hour cycle. That's what we've been conditioned for, for again, since, since, since people have been on earth. Uh, general activity during the day and general rest and deep sleep at night. That's the mm -hmm. circadian day, if you will. Mm -hmm. So when that term circadian is used, it generally refers to that 24-hour body clock, which again is being completely disrupted and confused because of artificial lighting. We never were exposed to light in the evening, maybe a small amount of light with fire, <laughs> but not the type of light that is so profound that is telling our body that it's afternoon when it's 11 o'clock at night. And, and I know this is more elementary for what we're going to get into in this conversation, but I mean, you look at like an iPhone, I mean, you could change settings on it that change the background lighting, right? Or uh, from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And is that what you're alluding to? That it's like, you know, at night when you're, we're trying to be in this circadian cycle and this deep sleep and we're not disrupted, it's controlling that lighting and, and those distractions that are keeping us from you know, sleeping peacefully and, and being more healthy. Yeah. So a brighter bluish, uh, higher lux type of light uh, is conducive to energy hormones and productivity, uh, mental acuity. I mean, that's the general type of light we need during the day. And candidly, because we're inside, we're not getting enough of that. So you want that bright light throughout the day. But a yellow, softer hue of light um, towards the evening that mimics more the afternoon, early evening, and sunset sky, if you will, starts to prepare your body for a different mode, uh, which is sleep preparation. 
And then ultimately, you want to be sleeping in complete darkness. Any element of light, even through your eyelids, uh, is impacting how deeply you can sleep. It's fascinating. So, you know, Paul, we're going to touch on this quite a bit, but I want to understand a little bit more about what drove this technology and research and, you know, your story, how you, uh, why this became such a passion for you. Yeah, it was really an observation made many years ago on the green building and sustainability dialogue in real estate and all this focus on environmental sustainability, which obviously is very important as our built environment contributes up to 50% of all carbon emissions and is a real big contributor to climate change. But we felt half the story was missing. There's been so much focus on the energy side of the equation and not really enough focus at all on all the people we put inside our buildings, our homes, our offices, our schools. Uh, we wanted to better understand how to connect the built environment with the human condition to complete that sustainability narrative. Sustainability is not just about planetary sustainability, but also human sustainability, the biological components. So again, in layman's terms, think of just pure lifestyle. People wake up, they go about their day, uh, they relax, they go to sleep. Uh, we need to pay attention to those lifestyle elements. And uh, as we started to get doctors to speak with architects, designers, engineers, what have you, we found it fascinating that these two gigantic industries, the health sciences and the building sciences, never really converged. And so our blueprint, after five years of very heavy research and over $100 million of capital dedicated just to pure research, with some phenomenal partnerships and organizations, doctors, institutions like the Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic, um, we uh, started to uncover all types of elements that really had not been focused on uh, with regards to the built environment and its direct and immediate and long-term impact on people. The four walls and our roof that surround us, this box we put ourselves in, is not a normal, natural environment. It's not what our bodies were built for. So uh, the systems that we have come up with and have introduced to the marketplace are addressing that. Uh, the first thing we did, candidly, was create a standard for the industry called the Well Building Standard and a process called Well Certification for commercial real estate, which at this point is being adopted in over 60 countries across about a half a billion square feet of commercial real estate, over 4,000 projects. These are Fortune 500 corporate headquarters, uh, hospitals, schools, uh, mixed-use facilities, everything in the spectrum of commercial real estate. And then as we started to bring our company forth with a residential offering, looking at the home, uh, we certainly recognized so much dialogue with regards to smart home, automation, IoT, connected devices. And we felt that a lot of the dialogue about people was missing. Most of the focus in AV home automation has been about convenience mm -hmm. and certain elements of energy with things like Nest, what have you, uh, certainly cameras and door locks to address safety, et cetera. But the human condition was largely overlooked. And our seven years and growing of science is now contributing to an incredible uh, library of understanding uh, that is informing software or what I would call a layer of wellness intelligence for the entire automated world. So let me ask you this, Paul, because I want to um, backtrack just a little bit. You had mentioned just all the research and coordination done, and I know you brought up the Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, you know, phenomenal um, brands out there that do incredible work. And, um, 
you know, for people with all different symptoms. So getting back to the commercial side, it, it's a big endeavor to go after a big commercial building or a Fortune 500 company. How are you working with these doctors or with these clinics or just your own research, you know, just to coordinate, you know, the filtration systems, the air quality, the water quality, as well as every single furnishing that goes into that office, right, that could be impacting us that we're not even aware of? Yeah, good. The, the only way to tackle something as daunting as what you just mentioned was to create a, a standard and a governing body uh, for the industry and really put forth uh, the medical understanding of outcomes that need to be achieved. Looking at categories across air, light, water, nourishment, thermal, acoustics, programmatic elements, even awareness, education, etc. And that's what the well-building standard is all about. It's about achieving uh, health science vetted outcomes in order for a building to be deemed well certified or appropriate for uh, for those uh, for the for those um, for that categorization. Uh, the next uh, step of that was educating the industry and accrediting the industry, as we now have over ten thousand architects, engineers, designers, consultants who have become well APs, well accredited professionals taking the exam, understanding the components of the wellness real estate platform and incorporating that into their normal practice as they service commercial real estate. That was really the blueprint and the foundation to introduce this wellness real estate or well-building movement. As we moved into residential, it got much more specific as obviously looking to address and enhance millions, if not tens of million individual households you're not going to get down to telling somebody what kind of couch they can put in their living room. Uh, but what you can do is understand how to monitor, read, uh, and understand air quality in real time, and then particularly how to remediate it or optimize it through connected devices and algorithms and software that can control the house as a constant wellness brain and react and respond to what's happening inside the home and doing uh, using the automation industry and that whole IoT platform to accomplish this. So so in essence, you're not so much saying, and then we'll take this on a residential level. So you know, if I'm building my home, you're not so much um, auditing every piece of furniture I'm putting in, but you're teaching you know how to remediate or optimize that you know as you're doing these analysis and and you know, taking the analytics from everything in there and their quality. And then that, that's how we can base that decision of what needs to go, what needs to stay. Well, not even what needs to go or what needs to stay. Um, uh, you, if you have constant remediation, uh, you can correct these things without really changing people's decision patterns. And that's the beauty of automation. It's constant and it's passive. Uh, and so uh, you know, put whatever you want in your home. Obviously, the education side of it is is, is important. But for instance, with the Darwin platform. If you have a Darwin system in your home, you could literally paint your kid's bedroom wall and watch a, a VOC spike through the sensors and the, and the dashboard and immediately see the Darwin system go to work, uh, speak with the HVAC, up the fan, run the air through the purifiers and remediate that space in real time. Uh, because again, uh, this isn't about changing behavior or changing purchasing patterns of, of what people want to put in their home. It's about understanding what elements are harmful uh, and how to, to, to what degree and how to remediate those in real time, even if those elements still exist. So that's, that's super impressive because it's not just, 
the replacement that you alluded to, but even if you're going to paint a room, it's the constant updates and correction of, of what, you know, what it's censoring in the house. So before we get into the Darwin part of this, Paul, which I want to touch on, um, when you're looking at an individual, you know, is, should most lighting be controlled? Most air quality, is it pretty much the same for everyone? Or is it a case by case, depending on each person, what lighting is better for their physical being and stress level or does it differ? It's a great question. So first and foremost, uh, in general, the human condition is universal. Okay. Uh, And there are elements here that apply to everybody without any degree of of variance or or, or difference. Uh, Optimal air quality, for instance, and optimal water water quality. That's not going to change person to person. Uh, uh, There are other elements, particularly with lighting, uh, that do matter and do differ based on uh, a person's daily activities, their sleeping patterns, what time they want to wake up, what time they want to go to sleep, what time of day they want to be most energized. That differs person to person, household to household. And so uh, the interesting uh, platform, uh, you know, the interesting thing about the Darwin platform is the ability to tie into the entire wearable complex and get uh, metrics on, on people and optimize the, uh, the the software and the programming based on their particular behavior or lifestyle uh, needs, what have you, uh, timing, et cetera. But to your original question, there are core elements of what surrounds us that just need to be optimized. And that optimization category is the same for everybody. Right. But even to that point, I mean, it's going to differ, even though we all are operating ideally under the same air quality and water quality, you know, by region of the United States in itself, right, there's areas that have better water, um, you know, better air quality. And and so there's something that has to be integrated or at least tested right through the Darwin system that we're going to talk about that's that's bettering that for that individual person. Absolutely. There's, there's, you know, there are, there are parts of the country where the water quality is fine, uh, but again, particularly on any given house, on any given street, there may be pipes that are corroding and there may be metallic um, uh, inputs that unless you actually go through a process of testing, uh, which is part of the platform as well, down to a deep level of customization, uh, you can optimize further. Uh, you don't want to over filter. Uh, so, so matching that to, uh, to those regional needs is also uh, important as well. Uh, in general, again, regardless of where you are, let's say in the United States, uh, the platform really stipulates and understands what optimal air quality is, what individual particulate inputs uh, in terms of thresholds are deemed to be appropriate versus harmful, uh, and the system works to optimize towards those thresholds, regardless of how bad or good the air is outside. So. Paul, with that said, I mean, we've you've alluded to a lot of this already, but for those, for all of our listeners, I mean, explain what the Darwin um, Home Wellness Intelligence, what that is and what it entails. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, uh, this is meant to be additive and complementary to all existing smart home automation. Uh, there are phenomenal companies out there that have been long, around a long time uh, with regards to home automation systems. Uh, so what we didn't want to do was reinvent the wheel. Uh, but instead, uh, insert compatibility uh, and a way to enhance existing home automation platforms, let's say on the luxury side, with a layer of wellness intelligence, a software platform of algorithms 
and an ecosystem of hardware components that are compatible. And we've written APIs into over, I believe, 200 different manufacturer devices across air filters, water filters, all different types of lights, lighting fixtures, what have you, uh, and sensors uh, to be conducive to placement uh, in a home, both existing and new. Uh, so Darwin is a smart, healthy automation platform. Uh, it does have its own interface standalone if there's no existing smart infrastructure in the home, or it seamlessly works in with the existing components of, of smart home and automation. So, so Paul, with that said, so you mentioned that, so, so the Darwin system is, um, and we'll call it an upgrade if you will, or it's a, um, you know, to, so if your home is Crestron or if it's Control 4 or Savant, you know, what are some of the manufacturers that you're working with to integrate Darwin into that technology? Yeah, Crestron's a great example. A lot of the projects that have uh, Darwin systems in there do have Crestron in there. There's compatibility. Uh, the integration of the Darwin components inside an overall Crestron master control is obviously key to scale. And again, not disrupting what already exists, but enhancing it. So... And then are these doctors of my understanding, you know, when if the Darwin system is integrated with my Crestron system at my house, you know, how is that information being tracked and then becoming specific to me and my wife or children? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a closed loop system. I mean, the, the, the data itself, really, the algorithms can respond to, to the data in real time in terms of the air quality reading. Um, and, uh, and, and the system can operate based on what the sensors are reading. Uh, so, so again, this is, this is not about a, a broader need uh, to, to over-centralize data uh, on a standalone basis. The Darwin software can operate and function in a closed-loop manner with regards to whatever's being read in that home. It's amazing. Um, and, and, Paul, you had mentioned a little bit previously in this conversation about you know, one of the most important aspects of this technology, right, is having people certified, having people educated. And so, you know, whether you be an architect or engineer, uh, so where can people in different markets find that information to become a certified Delos, um, you know, installer or um, builder? Yeah, we are uh, in the process, just as we've done with the well building standard in commercial real estate, accrediting the industry. Uh, Delos is um, uh, uh, putting forth uh, an incredible amount of training sessions and workshops um, and uh, an accreditation, if you will, for all the system integrators around the country. Uh, the key is to get those folks uh, who are the enablers, who are the actual profession that delivers this into a home uh, to be completely up to speed uh, and understand um, how to introduce and implement Darwin uh, as a compatible component of their overall offering. Uh, and it's exciting. Because I think what we found is such a great level of enthusiasm from these system integrators who have a brand new narrative, a very important one and a very relevant one to offer to their clients. It's not just convenience. It's not just a great lighting system. It's not about just a great home theater, for instance. It's, it, it's, it's not about just kind of simplifying commands and controls. But what they can now speak of is truly enhancing the lifestyle of that family, truly impacting their health and wellness outcomes, which is which is really exciting dialogue for them. And and you've had such good feedback, I know, with the software and technology um, that you've implemented and education. So what are some of the 
and you even use the word enthusiasm, right? So what are some of the enthusiasm you've seen from your customers, some of the success stories that you've already seen for those that have integrated Delos into their day-to-day life? Well, look, it's it's so cool because we're working at the volume level um, with you know $300,000 track homes, and we're working with ultra high end luxury, $50 million homes and, and everything in between. Uh, and, uh, you know, to see on that upper echelon of the economic, if you will, folks that basically have all the money in the world can spend it on anything. This is something they cannot achieve with a dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill or, or what have you. This is something that uh, no one can put a price tag on deeper sleep, more energy, better health outcomes across the way they breathe. Uh, even respiratory cognitive uh, uh, impacts. Um, this is the ultimate luxury. If your home can constantly and passively work on the health, well-being, and longevity of you and your family, I don't care how beautiful it's designed. I don't care how great the location is. That's one of the most, if not the most important components of a home, whether it's a luxury offering or not. It just, that that's what really matters. So we're just seeing such amazing enthusiasm and interest from all types of clients, all demographics, all regions, everyone cares. There's not anyone you're going to find in this country or world that doesn't want to have deeper sleep, doesn't want to breathe freer, doesn't want to have a more balanced circadian rhythm or more energy during the day. Uh, This is a universal demand uh, and it's something that can be offered in a passive manner, whereby again, changing the box that we spend our time in passively influencing uh, our lifestyle it's it's really cool stuff you know at the core this is not about telling someone you have to exercise more or you have to uh, change your diet this is constant and passive prevention through four walls and a roof and and i think what's interesting is that you know as it, and and you've talked about this so what's funny about i'm a builder right myself and so what we see is a lot of times we have customers that all want, you know, the $50,000 range or the high-end cabinetry and not think about, you know, the integrity of the home and the structure and the energy efficiency. And then on an even deeper level, this conversation, right, Delos, the Darwin intelligence system in the house, because there are so many things that we're not taking into consideration. And, you know, whether it be diet, whether it be exercise, and we're not even thinking about, no one's talking about the air quality, the water quality, the stress, you know, lighting. And so the, yeah. one of my big questions for you, Paul, was, is this just for high-end luxury clients? And oh, you've yeah. mentioned it's not. So you've you've created a process where anyone can do this at any level. Absolutely. Uh, in commercial real estate, there are many affordable housing projects getting well certified just like there are Fortune 500 corporate headquarters getting well certified. In residential real estate, our launch with KB Home in the United States on on volume housing uh, and even uh, lower priced homes um, uh, with an affordable Darwin package all the way up to the luxury level. Uh, It was important for us as an organization with all of this research and science uh, to make sure that this was introduced in a manner that was positioned as as follows. Health and wellness in the built environment needs to be positioned as a right, not a privilege. And so we have taken great care to make sure there are programs and offerings uh, that are conducive to every income, economic input, demographic input, regional input, what have you. And that's really exciting because we can really have a meaningful impact on societal health uh, in this fashion. Uh, you know, To your point earlier, and it's a great one, yeah, we have not given this enough thought. And even a lot of the top doctors we've talked to have 
really given us a lot of accolades for uh, making sure that this merging of the health and building science uh, was formatted in a way with evidence and research and science and foundation, because I'm going to give you some fascinating stats here that I don't think people, uh, uh, the layman is, is, is too, too, too um, knowledgeable about. And it's really about everyone, all of our health outcomes. When you think of chronic health outcomes and the inputs that cause them, good or bad, about 5% of health outcomes are genetic. Okay. You can't, do anything about that. We're starting to, but but for the most part, put that on the shelf. You can't change that. If you have a predisposition to cardiovascular disease or cognitive disease, uh, there's a 5% input uh, that is genetic, uh, unfortunately. Another 20% of those outcomes are influenced by our lifestyle, what we eat, what we drink, how much we exercise, what have you. Here's what's crazy. The rest Okay, up to 70% of whatever may happen to you, me, or anyone from a health outcome standpoint is determined by your surrounding environmental and social conditions. Basically, the box that you're spending 90% of your life in, the four walls and a roof that surround you and what's happening inside that box from an environmental condition standpoint and obviously from a social standpoint, the air we're breathing the water we're drinking, the lighting we're exposed to, the thermal, the acoustics, the biophilic elements, it's the biggest contributor to your health, well-being, and longevity. And so this needs a lot more attention than it had gotten in the past. And that's the beauty of the well-building movement, which I'm proud to say Delos pioneered. I, lo I love that because I, I, I'm going to apply this to me because I, you know, I grew up in San Diego. I'm a builder now in Arizona. I've been in Arizona 15 years. And one of the challenges in Arizona is, I mean, we have a lot of people that want that good weather, especially in the winter. So they're here and you're out, you know, but, um, you know, we have valley fever here. You know, that's an issue. There's particles, you know, with dirt, dirt that's disturbed. It affects people greatly with that valley fever. And then you, you talk about just the day-to-day -day living. I mean, you look at the summer in Arizona and we're in our air-conditioned home all, you know, all night. We get up, we're in our air-conditioned car, then we're in our office all day. So there's not a lot of time you're out and about with fresh air. And so if you're not understanding or have something in place like the Darwin system that's constantly monitoring the particles and, the, you know, these indoor air conditions and the lighting, I mean, this is really the crux of the issue which is leading to that statistic of 70% of us are most of our health issues are because of what you're monitoring. That's correct. That's exactly right. So my question is, okay, so for, for the general user, you know, what does the process look like, Paul, between Delos and integrators? You know, who does what as far as, you know, if I'm ready to get this, you know, this product in my home, you know, how is that handoff? How is that happening? Yeah, uh, most importantly, we have built this to scale, which means making sure that the industry professionals are engaged, educated, and most importantly, also economically uh, engaged uh, to this, this process. I mean, these professionals are out there, they're performing a service. So what we've done is really try to minimize the amount of um, uh, work uh, that, that needed to be done at the Delos level, if you will, and are transferring uh, all of that knowledge uh, to the industry so the industry can go out there and implement this software and implement these hardware choices and, uh, and, and include that into their overall offering. 
So the training of the system integrators, I would encourage uh, any uh, anyone out there in the industry uh, to inquire about this. Uh, we're hosting in, uh, you know, sessions, training sessions and accreditation sessions and seminars all over the country. Uh, this will continue. Uh, and we've got, I think, already 50 different firms engaged um, and have been trained and are starting to implement this into their practice and they're loving it. So with that said, I mean, I, I want to point out and, and add to this list, you know, so as I'm thinking about, you know, who should be the ones inquiring to be certified and accredited so they can offer the service to the public. I mean, we've talked about architects, we've talked about engineers, builders, you know, but from a subcontractor level, I would imagine you want your electrician, your oh, low yeah. voltage structure wiring, your plumber, your mechanical, you know, are there any that I'm missing, you know, the, of other professionals that be, uh, should seek this credit? I think certainly it's everyone that you've named, and it's also the system integrators, the the automation folks that are that are putting these systems into homes as well. And then with that system integration, is there? Um, we, we did talk about Crestron. Are there any other platforms that you're working with? Are there any that you prefer? Uh, none that we prefer, and and obviously the goal here is to work and integrate with all platforms. Um, th that's the goal, and that's where we're headed which really makes it easy. I know for our, you know, if you're working with all the different technologies out there, that makes it really easy for our end user, right? That they can actually select this. So, so you know, we've touched upon some of the effects of stress, lighting, sleep. Um, how is, I mean, what other elements are we dealing with in our home that are causing it that stress level and affecting, you know, that 70% of us that have those health issues? Well, I mean, look, the obvious ones, again, air quality and water quality and lighting. Um, uh, there are so many other inputs, acoustics, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> there, 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 there's a lot of evidence and there's a lot of research uh, that, that really uh, look to understand the amount of internal stress caused by unnecessary background noise. Um, there are even um, uh, elements that point to your eating patterns can be different if you have sound around you versus if it's completely, completely quiet. And that really uh, leads to mindful eating or mindful consumption versus just, you know, chewing and chewing fast and swallowing and eating food because you're distracted watching a TV show as about uh, as opposed to being mindful. So so sound is is really important. Uh, thermal uh, comfort. Uh, you know, there are really um, uh, meaningful impacts to temperature uh, with regards to sleep and energy, uh, particularly, for instance, uh, you know, for instance, in the Dawn simulation sequence with, um, with, with, with the Darwin software, uh, temperature will raise, be, be, you know, will, will increase in your bedroom by about four degrees 30 minutes prior to wake up. The body sleeps better in cooler temperatures versus warmer temperatures. That makes sense. We used to sleep uh, when the sun was down. And we were up when the sun was up. So, so, so the difference in temperature uh, has a huge impact on, uh, on these components as well. So you touched upon this. And so some other elements are acoustics. And so whether it be, you know, the type of flooring you're putting in, whether it be cork, whether it be tile, wood, um, you know, machines in the background, ice makers, you know, so a lot of these things are being integrated into the Darwin system that you're controlling um, or at least assisting in the acoustics, you know, the lighting. Am I understanding that correctly? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Oh, yeah. So um, as far as the acoustics, I mean, how is the Darwin system, you know, with the acoustic element, how is that 
monitoring or at least um, automating, you know, ice makers that are in the background or different types of flooring from cork to wood to tile, you know, does it also work with the acoustics? Great question. I mean, some of this has to get into even you know, integrated design with regards to sound masking, masking and, uh, and, and elements that aren't necessarily automated. Uh, but what's really exciting is when you consider uh, the Darwin Wellness Intelligence Network, uh, that is a constant engine uh, of all these influences, even sound therapy or certain types of, of, of sound and music. Uh, you know, in the forwards, we're, we're so excited about how this can continue to grow to influence lifestyle, influence behavior, and influence emotional uh, emotions, which is which is health output as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there are certain things that will never be automated with regards to, you know, soundproofing, et cetera. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we've, uh, I, a, a lot of my clients want to completely soundproof and, that, you know, there has to be a lot of pre-planning, you know, to do soundproof walls and other things depending on what, what the end goal is there. Um, yeah, that's not, so, that's so, certainly not essential to the, the core Darwin offering, obviously. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting is you talk about that this can be a system, you know, installed even in entry-level homes, right? So it's not something that's just for the elite. You know, this is something that all of us need to be aware of. It, I, ha- I had clients that came in, and this is before I was aware of the, you know, Delos and Darwin technology, and this was about a year and a half ago. And, you know, they were greatly concerned, you know, and it was this is really when I started to take note of VLCs because one of their concerns, they had two young kids, and they're really concerned about, you know, the off-gassing and the chemicals and the products we're using in their home. Um, and and it was something that's really important to them. And I can see why, you know, as you become more educated and this information gets out there to the public of things that we don't even realize. We kind of get inundated with technology and the latest and greatest, but not realizing how all these things are affecting us on a day-to-day. Yeah. So – well, I, I really, you know, it's. I think it's important for our users, though, or listeners to understand, like, your background. I mean, have you always been in the building industry, technology, research, and development, you know, R&D? I mean, what, what brought you to this point? <laughs> Great question. Uh, I actually spent uh, uh, almost 20 years on Wall Street, about 18 years on Wall Street. Uh, I was at Goldman Sachs for the last 10 and uh, had nothing to do with any of this. I, I was in, in, the, in the financial uh, arena, uh, a trader. Um, and uh, I do remember taking note while still there of, um, of, of what I thought to be a, a pretty big miss in the environmental or green building conversation for whatever reason. And uh, interestingly, I was actually going through a renovation of my own home at the time very early on. So I was personally interested in what types of things I could add to the home uh, that, that could passively contribute to health, wellness, what have you. And that was um, a good practical uh, way to go through an exercise of understanding lighting and air filtration and posture supportive flooring and all types of really cool uh, techniques and, and ways to uh, contribute uh, wellness intentions, if you will, into construction or renovation. Uh, as we advanced on on the platform overall as a company, uh, obviously the, the tech and the software and the automated uh, component uh, uh, started to emerge, which is which is great and fascinating. Um, but I think intuitively, you know, when you think of a commercial proposition and a societal proposition, first and foremost, if we can create real estate in, uh, in, in, a, in a large scale that does deliver prevention, okay, to people, uh, we can have an impact in changing our healthcare complex. We're reacting to illness after it occurs. You know, 16% of all chronic disease is due to respiratory issues. 
aka air pollution, indoor air quality is worse than outdoor air quality, well, that needs attention. And if we can remediate that, we can save on a lot of forward doctor visits and respiratory issues that don't need to, to occur. And this country is spending $3 trillion a year on healthcare, primarily reacting to illness after it occurs. And it's estimated that up to half of that uh, never need to, needed to be spent in the first place. You know, pills and surgeries reacting to issues after they occur, as opposed to preventing them in the first place, and doing so in a, in, a, in a manner that, again, doesn't depend on people changing behavior, which is the, lo the, the biggest um, uh, challenge to a preventative health complex. But that, that's super exciting from a social or societal standpoint. And then from a pure economic standpoint, having come from Wall Street, the prospects of taking the world's largest asset class, real estate, okay, a $200 trillion asset class, there's basically real estate and then there's everything else. <laughs> the, the largest asset class by far, but taking that $200 trillion asset class and merging it or infusing it with the world's fastest growing industry, health, wellness, prevention, which is upwards of a $6 trillion a year annual spend and growing at 20% a year, that, that economic proposition was so profound that it led me to ultimately leave uh, the Wall Street uh, chapter or career and, and launch this enterprise. I, I love that story. I mean, I think any company, when you talk about, and I talked to a lot of companies about this, when you when you look at companies that are successful, what what is the separator there? And it's always you bring value, right, to your client. And, and not to get political, because um, we know the healthcare debate that's been constant in our country for many years now, and it continues to be a big issue. But, I mean, you're looking to not essentially solve it, but you're looking to to be a solution to it in the sense that, you know, as we've got into green building, as we've got into net zero homes, you know, sustainability and lowering our, our, our footprint on this earth, you know, with the homes that we build and the technology we use. I mean, you've taken it a step further with the value where you're saying, let's let's go even further and we're going to look at air quality and water and, and, and the stress level and lighting and all these things that create this health and wellness. And what, what I really like about this, Paul, is that not only are you looking at it from a consumer level on the residential side from entry level to luxury but you're also you know going after commercial you know yeah. where most of us are spending i mean you're at goldman sachs i'm sure you weren't working six hour days at goldman sachs so right. yeah. I, I would imagine you're in your office probably 12 13 hour days uh and and a lot of us in that profession are in our office so you know paul what is there anything else that i have not asked that you want to share in regards to the darwin and Delo system that those listeners need to be aware of yeah, look, I think you've asked some obviously great questions. And I think we touched on a lot of a uh, lot of awesome points here. Um, you know, zooming way out, this is pretty simple. Uh, when you think of your builder, uh, contractor, engineer, uh, developer, system integrator, uh, all of that is about placemaking. We're making places for people, and we can focus on neighborhood master plan, we can focus on layout, number of bedrooms, we can focus on the materials inputs and the aesthetic, but guys zooming way back out, we place make for people. And so if those places can lead to healthier people and better lifestyle, that's a slam dunk. And that's what everyone should be focused on. So, so with that said, you know, next week I'm going to be at the International Builder Show, right? IBIS, KBIS. Yeah, I'll be there. Is, are you guys going to be there? Are you, do you guys have a booth? Are you going to yeah, be presenting? Yeah, we do have a booth. Um, I don't have the exact details of that, but uh, there will be a very large Darwin presence at the Builder Show. 
And that's perfect because what I'll do is we're going to, um, for our listeners, when we post this, we're going to do this in anticipation uh, for the Builder Show next week. And, Paul, I'll definitely be coming by with my team, um, and we'll get this broadcast to our social media fronts. But Look forward to seeing you guys there. Well, we're super excited. And for our listeners outside, I know a lot of them are going to be at the Builder Show, and we'll get that broadcasted. But where else can our listeners find information about you, whether it be social media, websites? Uh, what are some of your handles? Yeah, so uh, delos.com, D-E-L-O-S.com is our, is our main website. And in the residential uh, section, you'll find all the information on Darwin. Um, uh, we've got a social media presence and Instagram and, 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 uh, and Twitter presence as well. Um, and again, I'll get you all those details. But the social handles are Delos Living um, uh, for the most part. Um, uh, and uh, like I said, I'll, I'll get you more details as, uh, as our media team uh, comes forth to the show. We're super excited to meet you next week, Paul. Can't thank you enough for joining us on the podcast today and really appreciate you taking time to share this amazing technology for our listeners. Absolutely. Thanks for having me and pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to our episode today with Paul at Delos. We're excited to have him on and of course see him next week at the International Builder Show. We're going to be there with most of our teams, so look forward to that event and stay tuned for next week as we bring on Brian Walker. Brian is president of Sunridge Properties, and we're excited to have him on to talk about feasibility studies, commercial development, and especially the hotel industry and how it relates to construction.